Welcome to the Circle City Cinema with Zach Griffith and Brett Sexton, a part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. Welcome into Circle City Cinema. I'm your host, Zach Griffith, and I'm alone in the host chair today. No Brett today, but I'm not alone. Alex Burr is here. Are you ever truly alone, Zach, when you have the, the Running Hook Podcast Network at your disposal? Or can you ever truly be alone? No. And you're not alone because the MCU is back, Alex. Right. It's back. It's been a, it, what if I told you the last major MCU release was Far From Home? That's been... It's been a long time. <laughs> a long, that was been a year and a half. That's summer 2019, right? Year and a half. Yeah. Unbelievable. But WandaVision brings us together today, Alex. The first is, of many MCU shows. <laughs> I loved I love the first two episodes, but I was very excited just in general to have new MCU content. Like I didn't think I would be, but then I started watching it and I'm just like, I'm glad that I have something new from these people to consume because they've really for the last decade they've made us all you know, at bare minimum, they've, you know, contented movie viewers. I mean, I was a little more than content, admittedly. But, you know, it's nice to have, you know, Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen back. And with some, like, cool new additions, too. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize how much I missed the MCU until episode one came up and the Marvel crawl came up. And I was like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> you stop, stop right there. I'm in. But Alex, as we said, many shows. Where did this rank for you in terms of hype when all these MCU shows were announced? So, admittedly, I didn't I didn't have a full look at the list until till recently. But Falcon and the Winter Soldier was always going to be number one for me. I figured. I, I figured it would be. I love that dynamic. Like, so. Winter Soldier is probably my favorite MCU movie. And I rewatched Civil War again, mainly because I really wanted to watch Homecoming or yeah, Homecoming, but it wasn't on Disney Plus, so I settled for <laughs> I settled for settled in quotes there. Um for Civil War. And those the dynamic between Bucky and, <laughs> and Sam <laughs> is so funny. Like those two just have such like Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan just have such amazing chemistry. That it was always going to be number one on my list. And actually, actually, I think you'll be surprised by this because I know you're a big Loki guy, but Loki's third on my list. I want to see see this What If series. Yeah, yeah, that this this piqued my interest too. The What If series, like I know they're going to be exploring a lot of hypotheticals. And let's face it, Zach, we both read a lot of Bill Simmons growing up. We love hypotheticals. Love them. Love them. <laughs> it, who doesn't love a good hypothetical? Like, and I think this will be the first time like we can explore, like it'll be one of the best explorations of like, if this happens, what doesn't happen, right? Like you go back and like your other, sh- like you go back and like watch other shows. Like this is a show I like to bring up a lot when I'm on the, on the podcast, but like the wire, right? Like there are certain characters deaths that if one little thing didn't happen, they would not have died. It'd be right. I'm, I'm I'm not going to spoil it, but to see that happen on like actual, like with a big budget, I'm, I'm excited to see it. 
What if uh, it's it's in my top three definitely because things that things like uh, what if Vision came out to be more Ultron than Jarvis? What if Tony never fucking made Ultron? <laughs> what if uh, Cap was for the Accords and not Tony? Stuff like that. <laughs> I mean. It's a lot of like things because you brought up that last one, right? Like, what if Cap was for the Accords? Then Ant Man never leaves San Francisco. Nope. Um, Thanos. It, okay, this is what happens, right? Like, real short of it, Ant Man never leaves San Francisco. They don't know about Scott Lang, and then you know, probably all the stuff at the Quantum Realm still happens, right? But then, like, how do they know about the Quantum Realm if not for Scott Lang? Like, that was a very clear point A to point B there. Of stuff that you could connect to what ifs and there's just a lot of those in the mc universe a lot of them ant-man did a great job because in those movies you're thinking okay some low stakes here and then the grand scheme of things actually pretty big stakes because if they don't have the quantum realm they're screwed <laughs> right right and that was one of the things that was striking to me like remember movie theaters <laughs> going to the oh. theater for ant-man and the wasp after watching and Watching Infinity War. You expected something to happen. Like, I never saw Captain Marvel because I didn't ever have the time. And um, frankly, it just didn't seem all that interesting to me. I don't know, like, the Superman characters and, like, the Captain Marvel characters that just, frankly, never intrigued me because they seem, like, super duper powerful. I might go, like, I caught about half of Captain Marvel. I might go back and watch it again because it seemed like a fun movie. But, like, the, you know what I'm talking about, though, right? Like, the super, like, all-powerful characters just aren't, ever right intriguing it's what makes batman such a intrinsically interesting character but back to my back to my point because i would say the only exceptions to that are uh hulk and thor right well but hulk does have a flaw in this is that he's not rational right like he can't control what he's doing really like he's not Not until endgame yeah until uh banner took control of the hulk yeah but he like before that i think hulk was one of the more intriguing characters because you could just let him go but then he could cause mass destruction too um but watching ant-man <laughs> after the snap right because i think it came out like three months after infinity war about yeah. it was just such a su- surreal experience in the theater because you knew like you knew this was taking place before all the bad stuff had happened <laughs> and that was what made that experience so riveting it's like oh my god all this bad stuff just happened we just watched this like we watched all our favorite characters die three months ago does scott die does you know hope die does hank die and then we find out in that final cut scene you know like i mean zach will agree this is going to be a very spoiler heavy podcast so if you for somehow you haven't seen ant-man and the wasp by now the stinger like after the the first stinger after the credits when when the snap happens, that's like one of the, like you knew it was coming, but you just didn't know how they were going to hit you with it. And they hit you hard. <laughs> it hit you real hard. And Scott trapped in the quantum realm. That's, that's another thing. What if that, you know, I don't remember what the, the rodent was, but it was a rodent. What if that rodent doesn't activate uh, the uh, rat? I think <laughs> what if the rat doesn't activate the, uh, the machine and get Scott back from the quantum realm. The rat stopped Thanos. When you boil it all down, the rat is to thank. And how much money did that rat earn off of this this franchise? Nothing. 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 The, Nothing. I demand justice. <laughs> <laughs> justice for rodents in the MCU. This is ridiculous. Bradley Cooper and that singular rat deserve all the money in their bank accounts. 
Well, I'm glad you brought up Captain Marvel because for me, that's near the bottom of all the MCU movies, which is not an insult. I think there's only one bad MCU movie and all the rest are okay or great. But it was genius marketing by Marvel because they set it up the end of Infinity War for Captain Marvel to get this page from Nick Fury. And they walked into a billion dollars because Captain Marvel came out like a month before Endgame. It was genius, Alex. Genius. You got to give it to them. Like the way that they have the whole... (laughs) Like, imagine if if a basketball team... Like, okay, here's here's an analogy for you since, you know, Here I'm a basketball go. guy. Here we go. No, folks. no, no. The, the MCU <laughs> are the New England Patriots of movies. Like, they have everything planned down to a T. Now, yes, did the Patriots struggle this year? Of course. But the Patriots also were a good fucking team for 20 years. That never happens in sports. You could do the Spurs, too, if you wanted to approach it from a basketball standpoint. But... Just generally speaking, they have so, like, they're thinking, like, three steps ahead of everybody else. And it's remarkable just how, like, precise it is. Because that's 10 years of getting people to show up for your movies. Like, Zach, there was Batman fatigue by the time the new Batman series rolled around. Like, the fact that there's not, like, there was a little bit of fatigue after Endgame, right? Like, yeah, we just had all this hype. Now we need, like, a little bit of a break. I think the break is over. I think they're going to come back and they're going to dominate the 2020s the same way that they did. With the 2010s. Yep. Just plain and simple. And you say fatigue and Far From Home, which came out like two months after Endgame, still made over a billion dollars. I think I think people were like a little like, okay, we need a we need a superhero break now. I, I do think that's a little I think you would probably agree with that. Like they were no, like I would, I would agree with that. Like we need like just a, a scotch of a break. And then 2020 happened, and I think now that people have been stuck in their houses for the better part of a year and a half. actually only about a year, but still that's a long time. I think people are going to be excited, you know, once once we get this vaccine rolling and we can go to movie theaters. I think people are going to be happy to go, you know. Yes. Go see the Marvel movies and hopefully we can get back into theaters this year. I'm skeptical of it. But if we can get people, you know, back to social events, there's no reason that movie theaters can't be open and that we can't get. Maybe by like June. I don't know. Just, just reckless speculation because I don't know shit. <laughs> But I I hope that we can see a Marvel movie together. I know we're probably gonna have to watch the many Saints of Newark at your house, Zach. But that's no, that's, that's a sacrifice happening. I'm willing to make. That's happening. You can put that <laughs> in your calendar. But uh, I'm glad you brought up the fatigue because I think the MCU is really the only franchise not to experience fatigue as a reason their box office was low. Even Star Wars had even Star Wars had that problem with Solo. Solo was a infamous bomb. Solo was good. It was good. But there was fatigue because I believe Last Jedi had come out five months before. Last Jedi, divisive to say the least. And people were just not used to Star Wars movies coming out in that quick a succession. Solo paid the price, which is unfortunate because good fucking movie. The two, like, not... Sequel movies that they made. The two that anthology time movies are awesome. Were better than any of the like. I mean, I'm higher on the Last Jedi than you are, but I we both can agree for sure that Rogue One is better than the Last Jedi. Rogue, Rogue One's One, the best movie they've made in terms of just like movie. Yeah, you're talking about like that makes sense. Like kind of like Winter Soldier is probably the best movie that the MCU made. But Disney, like, I mean, 
best Star, oh. best Star Wars movie. Okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and that that adds up. Like, it's it's a really good movie, but yeah, I think that the way that they convince because this is the thing, right? Star Wars at the end of the day, you can only do so much with, right? Like at the end of the day, you're gonna be in space. You're gonna have, you know, maybe star chase. You know, lightsabers, maybe you know, shootouts. Like that was what was so cool about Rogue One is that it was kind of a different approach to a story that you know only has so many ways you can approach it. You know where it's going. You know, because right. everything you know impacts the fate of the galaxy. Yes. Right. And the thing about like MCU was they didn't really have anything like that until Guardians of the Galaxy. That was like five years in, almost, yeah. or five or six years in. Six years, yeah. So like, you don't have any like universe altering stakes. <laughs> and like now it'll be curious to see where they go once they had stakes that impacted the fate of the universe but i thought it was really smart of them once they were done with um endgame to go right back to you know technically it was in germany but it was just saving the world yeah right you didn't like the stakes weren't because once they figured out mysterio was a fraud you know like not the the shit that he was peddling the stakes became a lot lower and i think that helped is gonna like I think that's what's so good about the MCU. You have a lot of low stakes movies in addition to the high stakes ones, and even the low stakes ones feed into the bigger picture. Like we said with Ant Man, uh, Captain Marvel, you know stuff like that. Incredible Hulk, even when we talk about She Hulk here in a sec, Incredible Hulk is back. It's kind of like the black sheep of the MCU movies. Nobody really talks about it. It's coming back with She Hulk, but uh, back to the hype. You kind of hit on it. Loki was mine just because I was interested to see the timeline he's going to create with the Tesseract. Uh, and look, folks, he's he's dead. He's not coming back. He's, <laughs> his windpipe was crushed. It's over. It's over for Loki. I don't know. I thought when, uh, when, they sna- when Hulk did the snap, I thought, you know, they would bring Loki and Gamora and... Um, Black Widow back, you know, the people that clearly died actual deaths. I thought, you know, I thought they would have come back too. That's just me though. Gone, gone, Alex, gone. And then uh, probably uh, Falcon Winter Soldier after that. And then Blade was third, but I think that's going to be a movie now. So I would probably have the What If series third for the reasons we talked about. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of different ways you can go on the what if. Um, just real quick for the rest of mine, I had Guardians of the Galaxy because anything that they do with that, like I know Guardians of the Galaxy 2 wasn't particularly well liked, but fuck it, I still liked it. I'm Mary Poppins, it. y'all. I liked I'm it. Mar- I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, like I thought what the heart of that movie was great, but so I want to say- Might have been your father, boy, but he <laughs> wasn't your daddy. <laughs> Michael Rooker just going all out. He was awesome in that movie. Absolute heat check. Yeah, that was a great Michael Rooker performance. But so I had Guardians of the Galaxy fourth because I want to see what they're doing. And plus, they're going to have probably Thor involved. So yeah, he that'll will be. be. Hopefully, John C. Riley comes back at some point. I want to see that. Or wait, no, all Xandar's dead, isn't it? Yeah, Never gone. mind. <laughs> Him, Glenn Close. They're they're all they're all flatlined. <laughs> Um, one division was fifth for me. I, I didn't cause maybe I just don't know what it was going to be. Right. Like I was confused. Nobody about knew what it was going to be. You could watch the trailers. You could read the plot synopsis and you still would have no idea. Well, you might still think, have no idea. 
Well, that's what I was going to say. When we get into the episode, we still might say we have no idea where it's going to go. <laughs> um, I have She-Hulk 6th. I'm not going to lie. I don't know anything about She-Hulk, but once you told me that Tim Robin, or Tim Roth was involved, you know, it was Mr. Orange, right? Yes. I think it was Mr. Orange. Yes. Yeah, Reservoir Dogs, yeah. Mr. Orange, the, the guy who basically is great in all Tarantino movies. That guy. <laughs> that guy. I love... I wanted that one. Um, I'm making a quick switch on my list. Um, I am Groot is seven ah. because just like it's low on the list. I'm intrigued, but I I genuinely don't know what that could be about. No, I have no <laughs> like, idea. it's is Groot going to be the main guy? Is it going to be him yeah. and Rocket hanging out? Let's go. Is it going to be? Is it going to be the new Groot? Is it going to be the old Groot? Because those are right. basically two different Groots. They are. It's been confirmed they're two yeah. different people, really. Basically. And then, I mean, let's be real. Old Groot was the better Groot. Like, baby Groot was cuter, but teenage Groot's an asshole. He's an ass. He's an ass. And then Hawkeye is eight because that's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> say it. You can say it. It's because it's, it's Hawkeye. It's Hawkeye. Like, I actually, you know what? I'm making another switch. I'm putting Miss Marvel ahead of Hawkeye. Oh gosh, Hawkeye I, getting buried. Listen, <laughs> let's be clear here, okay? Jeremy Renner does a great job playing Hawkeye. Like, phenomenal. Like, I think he's, you know, very funny. But why he's good as Hawkeye is because he's a very supporting character. Like, they don't do a whole lot of arcs. Like, it's not Hawkeye versus Iron Man, you know? It's not Hawkeye versus Cap. No. Hawkeye's just off to the side shooting some arrows. Yeah. You know? Like killing a lot of people in Sokovia. As basic, like he's basic. Like he's. Is it wrong to say that sometimes he's just there for comic relief? Hawkeye gets a bad rap because I think most people are like, "What are you doing here?" He, it's he's an expert marksman. Yeah, but as like a solo venture, which this was the same. You could make the same case for Black Widow. Like, what are you doing here? But everybody's clamoring for a Black Widow movie. Nobody's clamoring for a Hawkeye movie. No. The difference is I've seen... Okay. I've seen Scarlett Johansson as the heart of one of the movies in Winter Soldier. Yeah. And I've... And, like, we know that whatever is her background, because the background is ambiguous, right? She's like just a better character. That's all. Yeah. There's nothing against, you know... It's nothing against... Renner in general like it's not his fault that the character <laughs> it's not in terms of development it's still kind of you know about as thin as one of his arrows right <laughs> like <laughs> you didn't have to do that come on but like there's not a whole lot like we know he has a family right yeah we know he killed a lot of people in endgame because he was mad that his family got snapped and i mean understandable is like we know Loki took him over in the first part of the Avengers, and is that it? <laughs> is that what we know about Hawkeye? That that's that is really it. Uh, he's one of the OGs of Shield. We saw him. We first saw him in Thor, the first Thor movie. So him and Black Widow are really the OGs of Shield. I think that's why. Uh, maybe that's why they get a bad rap. I don't. But Hawkeye more so. But I, I don't. When they announced the Hawkeye show, I was kind of skeptical because his arc, I thought, ended in Endgame along with many others. And I didn't need to see him pass on the mantle to... He's passing it on to Kate Bishop. 
who's going to be played by Haley Steinfeld. But I don't – It's this is at the bottom of my list, Alex. I'm just not a Hawkeye guy. In the books, I like him. In the movies, I like him. I just – he doesn't compare to these other ones. He just – like, okay, if you have a fight sequence – like, okay, generally speaking, in a battle, right, you need long-range support. That's what Hawkeye is great for. Yeah. Unfortunately, long range support does not make for very compelling television characters. <laughs> and <laughs> I just, I, right? Like, you want to watch stuff that's good, right? And stuff that's with compelling characters. And I mean, when we get into WandaVision, like, that's going to be, I think, the first two episodes weren't what we expected, probably. No. But like, Wanda and Vision themselves, even in this like funny state, are very compelling characters. And I think that that's something that. You know, Hawkeye just didn't have any depth, right? Which is funny because he was very good at depth because he was very good at shooting arrows. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I just think that this show is not going to be I, – I just don't know what it could be about. And I, I'll watch it, but I don't think – there's a good chance I won't finish it. It's unknown how many episodes there are. Uh, like, WandaVision, there's going to be nine – Falcon, Winter Soldier, and Loki are going to be six. So I'm guessing it won't be more than nine, but it'll probably be the same six number. But still, I'm with you. Not really excited for it. I'm going to watch it. Who are we kidding? But not really excited for it. We're degenerates. We're degenerates. I'm going to eat all this up. Uh, thoughts on the episodic release? You texted me as you were watching. You were not a fan of it. It's worked for Disney in the past. They did it with Mando. They did it with Clone Wars. Paid off big time. But you've since come around. So this is where, right, the modern person in me reconciles with, okay, you just need to be patient. Let the hype develop, right? Like the way that they used to do it back in back in the old days, you know, the days of our parents and their parents and their parents, so on and so forth. So like they didn't have TVs. But I thought that the way, like I, I was glad that they released two episodes at once, at least. As, yeah, that was episodes, nice. If these episodes are going to be that short, that probably would be the way to do it, right? I don't think they're going to, I think the way that the schedule's set up, I think they're going to keep, they're going to do one, a week for the rest of the the time the series is on. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like the first two episodes I think were good to be released together because I think those are going to be the only two that feel like this. Like the first only two that feel like a sitcom. Right. And I feel like now, like, especially with the way the end of the episode was the end of the second episode was, I think we're going to start to see more real stuff. Right. Like it's going to start to be more in color. Like, but I think the way that they're drawing it out, I think that it's going to be good for the show. And I think it's a good thing that people have to wait. <laughs> you know, it worked for Mandalorian. It's going to probably work for this. Yeah, it worked for Mandalorian. It worked for Clone Wars. And we really haven't seen this before Mandalorian. We have not seen this in terms of you got to wait a week and make time to watch it since Game of Thrones. That was probably the last major show before Mandalorian where people had to sit down and wait. Uh, But it's clear why Marvel's doing this, and here's why it's clear. Nine episodes running through March 5th, Alex. It's going to feed right into Falcon and Winter Soldier, which premieres on March 19th, which then will feed into Loki, and then will feed into What If, which then feeds into Miss Marvel, and then into Hawkeye. 
all this year. That's all it's planned for this year. That's it's pretty good slate. That's and pretty- four movies now. Tentative on these movies. They could get shuffled around, as we all know. Black Widow in May. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings in July. We're going to get the real Mandarin in Shang-Chi. The actual Mandarin, not the faux Ben Kingsley Mandarin. Someone who's actually Mandarin, not not Ben Kingsley? <laughs> yes. The Eternals in November. And then Spider-Man 3 in December. Now, keep in mind, this might not stay at those release dates, but I'm keeping the faith alive. And I just want your general thoughts on these first two episodes, Alex. What did you think? You said it wasn't what you expected. I don't know what you expected. What did you think? Well, I guess that's, you know, a good point. I don't know if it could not meet my expectations if I didn't really know what to expect in the first place. <laughs> I thought the episodes were were really funny. I thought, like, in terms of just, like, a general old sitcom vibe, I thought they were really funny. I just I want to shout out Katherine Hahn. She, <laughs> she did a great was, job. Katherine Hahn, Elizabeth Olsen, and Paul Bettany were phenomenal in yeah. the first two episodes. Like they were all like very like the comedic timing was great. Elizabeth Olsen's faces, like the general clue, cluelessness, was just so funny to me. Like when like the faces like she was making when um, people were like asking like what's the what's the special day today. Why don't you have a ring on that finger? <laughs> one of the lines, I wrote down some of the lines that stood out to me, right? One of the lines that stood out to me was when, in the first episode, when they were doing the dinner scene, and Catherine Hahn comes in to help Wanda, and she's like, what kind of housewife would I be if I didn't ha- just have four-course meals laid around the house? It's <laughs> <laughs> really funny, like, because, you know, some of those old sitcoms cannot be funny, but I thought, like, the way they were presenting the show and it's like just <laughs> it wasn't one a of the, signature Marvel comedy. It was different. It was yeah, it was like a different like it was what you'd expect to see of like I Love Lucy, right? Like some of that kind of stuff, right? Like I liked the one scene in the second episode where you know it's the beginning of the episode and they hear the loud noises outside. Yeah. <laughs> and they and Wanda just I think that's something they do that's cool that they do too where they just infuse the magic elements and kind of make it like part of their everyday lives like when they when wanda snaps and the beds are dragged together and it makes one bed i think that's like i think the elements of that are just really like the way they infuse that into the like old-timey sitcom elements i think that's really well done it's very well done and a lot of people had a problem with the sitcom format but i have a theory that it all plays into the story here i think this is a reality wanda has made up i mean the last time we saw vision he was flatlined destroyed use any word you want he's not alive let's just get let's just get that straight right now he's fucked let's just get one thing straight alex (laughs) vision is still dead i'm seeing a lot of theories as that vision is still alive i am hard in the camp of this dude is in a body bag. What do you think? Oh, there's no way he's alive. <laughs> there's like, no way. There's no so, way. The only possibility is that they have pim particles, right? And they maybe but even then that wouldn't have stopped Thanos from finding vision. Right. Like Thanos would have found vision. Like he had all the other stones. He just needed the that one. And 
Well, remember, the stones have been put back. Right. But there's no, like, there's no universe, like, where they can't, like, you could try to alter it, right? And they, Thanos would still find Vision. So that's, that's out the window. Um, There's just, like, I'm looking at the theories you have in the doc, and there's just, like, I mean, if, like, you put half effort into them, you could conceive of it. But I just, I can't think of a world where Vision is still alive. This is all happening. Like, Wanda is doing some kind of weird alternate reality thing where she's just making this That's, this that's what up. it is. That's exactly what it is. That's what I think. I mean, she has, we haven't really seen it in the MCU, mm-hmm. but she is probably the most powerful Avenger left, especially since Thor is no longer in the Avengers. Hulk is, like, retired pretty much. I mean, we saw his arm. That's he's he's done, and you can make a case for Doctor Strange, but I think it's Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. She ha- she has the ability to warp reality, and the only time we've really seen it is in Age of Ultron, when she's still on Ultron's side, warping the minds of all the Avengers. But that was only in their heads. It wasn't like actually warping real reality. This is what I think she's doing here, and. We have one instance in the books where she did something similar. She lost a loved one and came up with her own reality. So in the books here, here's the instance. Created, it created the House of M storyline. So in the books, Alex, and for the listeners, Magneto is the father of Wanda and Quicksilver. Mm. And so here, Wanda and Vision had kids conceived by her own magic because Vision, he, he can't do it. Vision doesn't have a dick. That's, <laughs> that's the issue here. So they had twin boys, Thomas and William, during a leave from the Avengers. They took off time from the Avengers. The kids are erased from her memory by Agatha Harkness, who was Wanda's hex tutor, after it's revealed that they're missing shards of the demon Master Pandemonium. Now, we're not going to see Master Pandemonium here. We're not going to see Agatha Harkness. So, but this is just for context. Wanda seeks help from Doctor Doom. Who better to get help from in order to restore her memories of the children? Quicksilver convinces her to recreate the world so that everyone's hearts are fulfilled with their desires. But in doing this, Scarlet Witch relieves 90% of the mutant population of their abilities, including her father, Magneto, and her brother, Quicksilver. And she's saved or defeated by Doctor Strange in multiple instances, not the first time she's lost her mind in the books. I think something similar is going on here. She's lost Vision, who, as she told Thanos, you took everything from me. Vision was really all she had. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> Really a weird flex by him, and it failed immediately. <laughs> it's so mean. <laughs> I mean, he didn't. He never met her to that point. That Thanos. I mean, but like, so let's just say, like, right, hypothetically, you hit someone while you're driving, and you don't go to jail for it, right? Ah. Uh, the, no, I, I'm just saying, okay, hypothetically, right? <laughs> and let's just say <laughs> someone comes up to you, like, this was their wife, right? So a man comes up to you. You hit his wife. He says, you took everything from me. And you go, I don't even know who you are. How, how terrible of a person are you? Now, I know Thanos, Thanos is not a person. Still, dude. 
lighten up a little bit. It's cold. It's very cold. It's not something I would do, but you know, I'm not trying to get all the infinity stones. I don't know. I I don't know what his mindset is. That's very true. You're not as ambitious as, as (laughs) (laughs) but that's what I think is going on here. I think you and I are both in the camp. Vision is very dead. He's very dead. And unless she went back into the quantum realm to get the mind stone, I don't, I don't see that happening. She maybe she recreated Vision out of another material. That's another theory we have here. I don't know what that material would be, but he's he's gone. I mean, we saw he was colorless. He, all the color left his body in Infinity War. He's he's gone. And here's a theory that will melt your brain, Alex. I I can't wait to hear it. The title, WandaVision. Vision has nothing to do with the title. We're seeing all of this in Wanda's vision. We're seeing it all in Wanda vision. Ah. Ah. ah I like it. <laughs> it makes sense. But allow me to, like, a, kind of a half-baked theory that I have, okay? Right. Just based on, like, the endings of the first two episodes. Because we see, right at the end of the first episode, someone is watching this unfold. Yes. I don't know who, but maybe that's the genesis of the title. I'm not sure. I think yours is probably more plausible, but I don't think my theory doesn't hold weight, if that makes sense. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that. Let's get to the TV viewer that we see at the end of each episode. Some theories as to who this is. Now, I don't know. Do you think it was a person whose voice we heard on the radio in episode two? I think that's plausible. Certainly I don't, not out of the realm. It's it's probably the most likely explanation. But no, he says, "What Wanda, what are you doing, right? And it's hard to recognize the, the voice. Person, I the not person on the TV the knows exactly what she's doing. Yes. So I would lean towards no, but I'm not going to remove it from the realm of possibility. It's more plausible that it was the beekeeper who came out of the sewer. That that's who it was behind the TV. Working Makes sense. sense. But now we see a toy helicopter, which is in color, mm-hmm. fall into the bushes in their yard. It has the sword logo. Sword is basically the shield of space. And that's the symbol we see. Were they also infiltrated by Hydra? I'm not sure. I, I, I don't think so. I think they, they caught that and snuffed it out. <laughs> They were, they were a little quicker to, to get that. <laughs> Shield are a bunch of cucks, but continue. Now, sword. <laughs> here's why it's definitely sword behind all of this. When it made its first appearance in Joss Whedon's Astonishing X-Men comics in 2004, the acronym was short for Sentient World Observation and Response Department, mm. which tracked with the organization's stated mission to deal with alien worlds, alternate dimensions pocket realities and other oddities in a perhaps more aggressive fashion than shield might. So there you go. Alternate dimensions, pocket realities, which is what Scarlet Witch has definitely created here. Mm-hmm. It's definitely what's going on here. Yeah. That's, um, that's pretty on the money. Maybe. So I don't know anything about this beekeeper guy. Um, I don't either. He, maybe he is with, Maybe he has is a sword. Has to be. Like, 
I don't know what, like the end was very, the end of the second episode was very ambiguous. And I think that's what's keeping me hooked for right now. She seemed to know maybe who the beekeeper was because she quickly hit the rewind button and fixed everything. So maybe she knew who it was. We didn't get a clear look at the face. But like if he was coming out, also real quick, why the hell a beekeeper? Like, um, like that doesn't make any sense. First of all, okay, <laughs> let's not get into the specifics of the beekeeper. Uh, I, don't I, just, know. I, I thought it was kind of random, but the more, the more pertinent question that I actually have is why would she rewind time? And why wouldn't he have just come through the sewer again? Like why, how do we know that's not going to be how the third episode starts? Well, they didn't go outside when she rewound. It's true. And she turned out to be pregnant when they didn't go outside. Yes, that is. So I don't, I don't know. I really don't know what the beekeeper is. I have a guess as to who it is. Jimmy Wu, who is scheduled to, he's slated to appear in the series. He played the cop in, uh, he played Scott's uh, parole officer in Ant Man and the Wasp. He's, yeah, Randall Park. He's hul- he's hilarious in Ant Man. Like, yeah, <laughs> ten, your dad shouldn't have gone to Germany, honey. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's scheduled to be in it. I I don't know if he's with Sword or what. That would be my guess, but I think that might have been who it was. Otherwise, I, I don't know. Could be somebody totally new. Who knows. It could be Agnes. No, it's not Agnes. It's a man. But <laughs> could be Vision's boss. <laughs> can we? I we are we're kind of bouncing back and forth here. But can we just talk about the dinner scene with Vision's boss? That and, like, was when, insane. When he was choking, and his wife, the wife, the mom from that '70s show, just was saying, "Stop it! Come on, stop it!" The wife's like, in the on hell? it, dude. The wife. Do you think the wife's in on this whole plot against Scarlet Witch? Maybe. I don't know. She was, is she, did Scarlet Witch make her up? I think they're all made up. So I don't think that might be why. Right. Cause if you believe this is all of, you know, part of Wanda's imagination, then the characters aren't going to act logically. Like, no. like it's going to be played out to make vision a hero. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or Wanda a hero. Right. And so I love that whole scene. I love the use of the yakety yak. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> song through the whole like to distract the um the wife from looking into the kitchen and i just thought like that was where the strengths of the sitcom ish aspects of it stood out where it was just gen- like because what stands out sitcoms generally speaking need chaos <laughs> to function they right they do i don't i don't think any good sitcom has exi- like i don't think you can have a good sitcom without some sort of chaos that can't be ex- Cured within an episode or two. So see Seinfeld or Arrested Development if you want to go that route too. Yeah, like just any good like sitcom, you need general, (laughs) you need general hilarity basically. And I thought the way that they played that aspect up was really good. But then the actual moment when he was choking, it was really tense. And I think that's part of the areas where you can see where it's a figment, not a figment, but Wanda creating another reality because in an actual reality a woman sees her husband choking and is like, oh my God, we need to save him. Right. Right. Not like everybody just sits like there for like minutes, like seconds on end. Right. Like letting this man choke. People are like, oh my God, he's choking. Also, she had to tell vision to save him. 
Mm-hmm. If vision was real, he would have done it by himself. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think the alternate reality thing and the sitcom aspects of it are working great for these two episodes because it's just great. Like Wanda is having to do a lot more. Like Vision would be doing a lot more by himself if it weren't for for the, all the crazy aspects like of Wanda's alternate reality, right? Because he definitely wouldn't have eaten the gum in the second episode. No, he wouldn't. And all that hilarity wouldn't have transpired. Like think about how generally forgetful and ignorant they are of like, when's our anniversary? Why don't we have wedding rings? Like think about like that stuff. Vision said it himself. I am utter. I am incapable of forgetting. Right. If it, if he was actually alive, he wouldn't forget what the heart was on the thing. Right. Also, I did think they played that lineup pretty good, though. Like, we're superheroes and we have incredible mind abilities. Why do you need an abbreviation? I thought that line was pretty funny. <laughs> You're a pun guy. I bet you like the heart pun. I appreciated it once I saw because because I was like wondering too. I'm like, it has to be anniversary, right? And then once once I saw what they were doing, I'll, it was genius. It was it was really good, but. Yeah, I thought that whole sequence was just I I thought that sequence was played up really well and I thought you know, you could use a lot of that too for like the theories of it being Wanda's alternate reality. You mentioned Agnes played by Catherine Hahn. Incredible character. I think she is definitely in on this because she's unique to herself unlike the boss and his wife who clearly are not human especially the wife. <laughs> I mean, what the hell? Agnes is independent. She can do it all herself. She doesn't need uh, Wanda to save her husband's life. I think she's, she's in on the game here. Can we just talk about for a second? I, I think she might be in on it too, but the husband jokes that she makes are just so out of like a 1960 <laughs> sitcom or like, you Ralph, know. Ralph took he took some heat in this in this episode. Um, what's the guy's? What's the stand-up comedian name in Goodfellas? Um, Benny Benny Youngman. Those are some <laughs> jokes straight out of the Benny Youngman playbook. Take my wife, please. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to take her somewhere, but she came back. I get the it's that same bait of joke, and I think it works perfectly for the old-timey sitcom format. But she's the only. You're right. She's the only character who has like any semblance of like free will. Right, and I think that that's kind of saying like the only like neighborhood character that is like other than maybe the guy with the mustache who I think was the, the real star of the show. Um, I don't remember yeah. that char- that character's name, but he's like, now you're hitting the unemployment line. <laughs> he's like a five course a five course meal wasn't good enough, I guess. And then, <laughs> but generally speaking, these characters aren't are pretty robotic, right? Like, yes, again, we brought up. Most people, when they're choking, if their husband or wife was choking, they would not just go, stop it. <laughs> stop it. Repeat it. Like, genuinely. Stop and it, honey. Ag- stop. Agnes is the only person whose, like, personality is, like, already fully fleshed out. And she, you know, just has... She's... Catherine Hahn is very, like, legitimately very funny in this yes. role. Like, and she's perfect for, like, that woman who's, like, doing the really, like, toothy fake smile like the really like gigantic smile. She's really good for that, which is perfect for this like first two episodes. Yeah. And I'm curious to see how they implement her for the next seven. But I think that, you know, like 
if you even want to look at the second episode in the um in the planning meeting for the <laughs> for the talent show when she's like i don't know how you guys are getting through this sober and then she pours <laughs> a drink from a flask <laughs> into her cup into her glass i thought that was really like i think that there's no way she's not like she's probably the most sentient person that it's not wanda i would say definitely that whole, is. definitely is in that whole like you know whatever you want to call it she definitely is and i'm glad you brought up that meeting because that's when we get uh the now famous radio scene calling out to wanda i have a theory as to who this is doc strange baby it adds up i'll have to listen like i I watched the episode twice you know and i'm not gonna just watch it once like a prude um But once you said you had a Doctor Strange theory, I knew you were going one of two ways. I knew you were either going to go, he was the voice on the radio, or he was the guy watching the TV. And I mean, I'm batting 500, I guess. You know? But... I'm guessing, because I don't think he's involved with S.W.O.R.D. here. I think he's legitimately trying to get her out of whatever reality she's created. And Benedict Cumberbatch is not on the list of the actors who are appearing in this series. Like, we have, like, you know, hints, like, um, what's her face? Kat Dennings from the, the first two Thors. She's yeah. going to be in these movies. Um, you know, we have, like, obviously we're going to talk about another character coming up who was a child during one of the, um, during the Captain Marvel movie. She's also, like, you know, her character is in this show. Like, we have a lot of other, we have a lot of, like, marvel tangential characters that we know like he brought you brought up jimmy Wu, you know from iron man and the wasp or iron man and the wasp ant man and the wasp like there's going to be a lot of mcu tangential characters involved around this and i think if they get cumberbatch in this and i think that's definitely going to lead into the the multiverse of madness movie that everyone's talking about but i think it's i think it's not a bad theory i think it's a pretty i think it's a pretty good guess but because who else would be trying to reach Wanda? There's nobody left if this is a dimension she's created. There's nobody left who can travel in an interdimensional way besides him. There's, there's nobody left. So it's the end. She's scheduled to be. She's going to be in Multiverse of Madness with him. It all makes sense. Maybe it's too good. Too good to be true. I just want Doc Strange in a show. That's all I want. <laughs> I mean, I I don't blame you there. I mean, Cumberbatch is very good on, on very good on television. You know, shout out Sherlock; it's a very yeah. good show. Um, I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see the the angle they approach it at. But you're definitely right. There's no one else who could plausibly reach her. So I think I think it's not an educated theory from you at all. Like I think it's pretty plausible, all things considered. But, really, nobody else and. My first watch when I heard the radio, it sounded like uh, Captain America, but I mean he's gone. Like he's, he's retired. He's like retirement home. I mean, we're never going to see Chris Evans again, are we? Like, just real quick tangent. Like, he's never going to be back as Captain America. Well, it's been in the news that he is in talks to come back, but I think that's just going to be like a. You know, like a cameo thing. Like a Ewan McGregor kind of talks, like always in talks. Always yeah. in talks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it, it'll be like, uh, what is a good example of this in the MCU? Not Nick Fury, but he'll come up every few, you know, every now and then. He won't be a major role. He'll just he'll just show up. It'd be funny though. I'm not gonna lie. Just off the, uh, just real quick, and then we can get back on chat on the tracks. Um, if Chris Evans cameo replaced the Stan Lee cameo, I don't know why that would be funny to me. <laughs> but like, why doesn't Kevin Feige give himself a role in these movies? Why does he just show up? Uh, what one of the Russo brothers gave himself a couple different roles in the yeah. movies. Uh, Joe, he's always in these movies. He's in the Endgame uh, therapy session. He's an Ultron, isn't he? Yeah, he's uh, the dead guy in the bathtub in Civil War. He shows <laughs> up all the time. That's all funny. Time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, fuck it, I'd do. You know, someone, someone's got to give themselves. You know, I mean, now that Quentin Tarantino's, you know, down to one last movie, who's gonna give themselves shameless roles in their movies anymore? I mean, come on now. Yeah, we've seen Marty do it a couple times. He did it in Taxi Driver. Did it in Goodfellas. But he's, he's a little too old. A little too yeah. old for you getting involved. We need to see Feige. I want to see your face, goddammit, in these in these shows. <laughs> Wear a hat like you always do. I don't care. Just be, be in the background. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look up a picture of his face. So that way I know what this motherfucker looks like. He's always wearing a hat. He kind of looks like... um. The dad from Arrested Development. Yeah, a little Jeffrey, bit. Jeffrey Tambor. Yeah, he kind of looks like Jeffrey Tambor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you could just put on a hat. What the hell? You don't even have to change your appearance, dude. I've never seen a man like rock a rock a blazer with a polo under it and a baseball cap on top of it. It's it's not it's not a look I would go for personally. Well, Alex, when you have made movies that have made over $22 billion, you can wear whatever you want. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> when you have outgrossed Star Wars as a franchise in a little over a decade, you can do whatever you want. Oh, God. Kevin Feige is worth about eight, pro- projected because, you know, these net worth things are, you know, always faulty. $85 million, it says. Oh, my ass. Yeah, that's probably on the low end. It's more than that. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Who knows? He might be a billionaire someday, a la George Lucas. He could be. He really could be. I'm glad you brought Feige up, or I'm glad we brought him up, because I, <sighs> I'm glad we got pre-MCU movies before MCU because I think that's where my appreciation for it comes from. I mean, you don't need me to tell you the MCU is totally unprecedented and I can't believe Scarlet Witch and Vision have their own fucking show. Well, they do. So I'm just glad we got like the Raimi trilogy, X-Men, even Blade. I'm glad, even Affleck Daredevil. I'm glad we got that. Because we can appreciate how good this is. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, two of the three Raimi Spider-Mans were legitimately great. They were great. Two of the three. We're even coming back a little bit in Spider-Man 3. I mean, we don't have to talk about... Um, I mean, maybe Coop wants to talk about it, but not not me. I don't want to talk about Spider-Man 3. <laughs> no, I don't either. I mean, the only thing I want to talk about is you'll get your rent when you fix this damn door. <laughs> This is something else. 
Oh man. So <laughs> let's get let's get back on the tracks here. What do we have next? The commercials, little Easter eggs. Yeah. Dark Industries with a toaster. Now, I don't think these will play into the story. I just think they're nice little Easter eggs. I think the Strucker one might, but continue. Strucker one might. The watch with the watch. Hydra logo. The old Hydra logo. Where the Rolex one should be. Get your old Hydra watch, AB. <laughs> the watch. <They're> on sale. <laughs> your father stuck this watch. <laughs> I don't I thought so the Stark one I honestly thought what the commercials did for the show like for these two episodes was have the sitcom-y feel right because those are kind of like the first commercial in particular was very patronizing towards women and I feel like that's what would have been on the air in the 1950s and 60s definitely <laughs> like it was like are you a housewife and your husband is tired of you burning his toast <laughs> like come on who would like want to do that like if you brought that to an ad agency in 2021, they would slap you. They, they would, would commit assault on you. They like would laugh. Do you want to get us sued to oblivion? <laughs> she brought that to an exec that was not named Don Draper. You're getting you're getting laughed out of the building. I, I've not seen Mad Men, but I'm assuming Don Draper's universe is in the like 60s, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I thought they did a good job of, you know having like the Stark industry tie in there. Um, also one of the things I noticed about the helicopter was that it was red and yellow, the colors of Iron Man. Yeah. Um, and then the Strucker one, I mean, our good friends, Hydra, are they ever going to go away? Like is Hydra ever going to die? Well, when you infiltrate a government organization and nobody notices for 50 years, you deserve to stick around. That's my take. I mean, I don't know about deserve. <laughs> You've earned it. You've earned your spot. If you're evil for the right amount of time, God damn it, you keep at being evil, bud. You, <laughs> you did a great job. Well, I'm glad you brought up Iron Man because now Vision, of course, has been disassembled and reassembled many times in the source material. And who put him back together but Iron Man? And now who's dead but Iron Man? So unless somebody else, it's it's going to have to be Bruce Banner to put him back together. I don't like, so okay. So I know the MCU has the X-Men rights, right? Yes. So I was kind of reading up on like stuff, you know, before, because I w- didn't want to come into this totally ignorant. I know the original builder of um, Vision was Hank, Hank Pym. Hank Pym, yep. <laughs> So maybe he's involved in this. Like he could rebuild Vision. Um, That's a good one. I Hank, forgot about Hank Pym. Hank Pym is, you know, probably regarded in the Marvel universe as one of the smartest men on Earth. Um, Easily, you know, it's him, Stark, Reed Richards, Banner. That's what I was gonna say. Reed Stephen Richards, Strange. Yeah, Reed Richards. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's how they like I don't know they're going to have to do it at some point, right? They're not going to do it in phase 3, but they're going to like they're going to introduce them like they introduced Spider-Man. Probably. Like it's going to happen cuz the X-Men is it's too profitable. Like you saw how much money they made for Sony. <laughs> exactly. It, it's too profitable for them not to introduce the X-Men at some point. Like 
it makes too much sense. The question is, when are they going to do it, right? And the, I know Reed Richards is Fantastic Four, but you got you have these two new monster franchises that have been colossally fucked up. Like the X Men, okay, whatever. I just X Men like has more. They get a bad rap because they ended horribly. Logan was a Logan was legitimately Logan's Logan probably better, was great. Is better than probably. 85% of the, like maybe 90% of the MCU movies. Yeah. I mean, the first two X-Men movies are classics in the genre. The third one, uh, miss me, please. X-Men origins, miss me. The Wolverine. It's okay. Logan's great. Days of future past is great. Apocalypse. Wasn't apocalypse. It was, it was horrible. First class is okay. It's better than people remember, is what I'm trying to say. And with MCU, the Avengers, guess who they can thank for the team up template? X Men. X Men came out in 2000, and it was a smash hit. I think that they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna have to implement it at some point. Like I think that's probably gonna be. So what? We're on phase four right now, right? That's the next big announcement. I, I was shocked they announced Fantastic Four as early as they did. When's Fantastic? Like twenty twenty three or twenty four? It's not. It's TVA when it's coming out. Guardians of the Galaxy three is slated for twenty three, so probably a year or so after that. So yeah, I think that. It's going to be interesting to see how they implement it. But Reed Richards, you know, Reed Richards and Hank Pym, you know, two, two stealth candidates. But I don't think they'll introduce Richards at this point. But you have Hank Pym. I'll, I don't know how willing Michael Douglas is to do MCU TV show. But <laughs> you have to take that into consideration. But you can just say, oh, yeah, Dr. Pym rebuilt him. You have like Hank screen. Pym and you have um, Shuri in Wakanda. Yeah, yeah, her too. It's a great point. She is one of, like, the best you know, builders. Although I think, I don't know what they're, I don't know if they've announced what they're going to do with Black Panther now that Chadwick has died. They are going to film it. My guess is that Shuri is going to take up the mantle. Um, I don't know how they're going to write what happened to T'Challa, but that they'll, that's just a, a unfortunate situation. But I'm confident they'll figure it out. You know what? I think it actually, you know, now that we're talking it through, Shuri makes the most sense because oh, it's she gotta totally, be her. It's gotta she be. reassembled Bucky's arm, right? Reassembled Bucky's arm. If you remember in Infinity War, she was pretty damn close to getting the Mind Stone out of Vision's head before mm-hmm. they were ambushed. So she is probably top 10 most intelligent character left in the MCU. I would say probably top five for sure. She's in there. And she's definitely the running to, like, just the character is probably in the running to replace, you know, T'Challa. I think, and it's perfect, because as far as I know, Letitia Wright's not, like, super, like, big actress as of now. I no. mean, if she if she lands the big Black Panther part, then she's going to be. But, you know, it's perfect for a TV show like this. Honestly, I, like, putting it together, it would make sense, like... You know, just like all logical aspects of it involved, right? Because like Michael Douglas, we both agree. <laughs> like we love Michael Douglas, and he's a little above <laughs> Wandavision. He's a little above Wandavision. They're gonna have to cough up. They're just gonna have to slide him a check to show <laughs> just, up here. Here's a blank check, buddy. <laughs> here you go, Mike. 
Yeah. Cap it at $10 million. All right. Ten million. Hey, that's it. That's the whole budget of the show, but okay. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's interesting, but there's no way Vision is alive at this particular moment in time. If someone he's, he's not. him, because Wanda can't do it. No. Wanda's not like, I mean, Wanda's a sorceress, basically, not like. I mean, she could I know- do it if the Mind Stone was at her disposal, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Because she took him apart. In Infinity War. No, but like, correct me if I'm wrong, but all the stones are destroyed, right? They uh, were put... Yeah, Thanos destroyed them in the first timeline. But um, when they went back and got them through the quantum realm, they put them back after Stark snapped. So, So they're around. They just have to go get them, which could cause a lot of problems. Yes. Um, I don't feel like delving into the problems that that causes right now. No, no. But I don't know. I think it's interesting to see what they do about the vision problem because there is, you know, there is a vision problem in this this series. and Kind of a big vision problem. I'll be curious to see where, where they approach it from. Um, but I loved real quick as I know we keep bouncing back and forth, but I loved the ma- the magic show in episode two. That might have been the best scene out of both episodes. Yeah, I thought that that was like like the way that Wanda was using her magic and Vision was like his version of drunk. Yeah, <laughs> like the way Wanda was, using, was just shit faced. <laughs> Wanda was just using her magic like poof, and then like all of a sudden there was a. There's a rope. And one of the characters saw through it. I don't remember which one, but I did think it was funny where Monica, I don't think we talked about Monica yet. I think that's the one we got to talk about where Monica, who is going by a different name in this, in the first episode, she, um, she's in on the act. Well, now she's in on the act, but I think she's like, how did I end up? I was backstage. How did I end up in the box? Right. Like, I think that's going to be, you know, probably a big thing for the series too. So I, I think it's going to be interesting to see where we go from there. Why don't we talk about Monica real quick? Well, Monica Rambo, if you've seen Captain Marvel, is the kid of Captain Marvel's friend. Now she's a friend of Carol Danvers and an agent of S.W.O.R.D. This is according to Marvel. So she's confirmed to be an agent of S.W.O.R.D. So she's in on this somehow. She's definitely going to play a major role in the upcoming episodes. I don't know what it's going to be. Maybe it's her trying to get through to Wanda because in the trailer, there's a weird in the trailer. There's like a fight with the military. Yeah. I'm guessing that's going to come up probably later in the season, but Monica Rambo, we're not done with her. She's, she's playing a major role here. Yeah. You watch Captain Marvel. Um, I know she was the kid in Captain Marvel. What was like, she was like the kid that was like Auntie Carol, right? Like yes. Auntie Carol. Yep. So what was so I'm not intimately familiar with the plot, so forgive my ignorance. But what was her mother's role? Like, what was her mother's job? They so before Danvers became Captain Marvel, she was uh, I think a fighter pilot, and Monica's mom was another fighter pilot. So they were friends through that. That makes sense. So. 
and then she knows Captain Marvel and she knows the she knows the superpower, so she joins Sword. That that adds up. That adds up. But that's I I can't wait. I can't. I didn't think I'd be this into the show. Because like I said, it was a little oh yeah, a little low down on my list. But I'm I'm all in. They've reeled me in. Oh yeah, they definitely have done a really great job of making sure that you want to you know, watch the next couple episodes. The ending of the second episode, like we, we already talked about, like normally you put that at the end of a pilot, but it was smart to do a, the pilot, like just as the normal sitcom and then have the second episode perform the role of the pilot. I yeah. thought that was smart. And we're in the seventies now. We're in color now. Like to do like, to use an, like an example from another TV show, right? Like the first episode of game of Thrones, you know, and this is going to be a little graphic in case you were thinking this is going to... I mean, I guess I d- did already say that Vision doesn't have a dick. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> but the is first there episode... A, is there a dick stone? <laughs> God. <laughs> Zach. I don't think so. Zach. I don't think there is. So just, uh, you know, the seventh okay. Infinity Stone. <laughs> Wouldn't it be the seventh and eighth Infinity Stones? <laughs> Um, but basically the end of the first episode of game of thrones right is bran stark is climbing the tower right he loves climbing things you know his mother his mother cat stark tells him not to climb things much to his mother's chagrin he climbs the tower and what does he find but jamie lannister and cersei lannister who are brother and sister having sex and jamie lannister just gets up he's like Oh, the things I do for love. And he pushes Bran out of the window. And you're hooked. Tough luck. It's honestly like that's pilot masterclass 101. It is. It's one of the great pilots ever. Like it was like literally it draws you in perfectly. You're like, well, now I have to watch the next episode. I have to watch the next episode. And I think I think that's what the ending of the second episode was. And I thought it was really smart the way they played that out, honestly. It definitely was. And here's another Doctor Strange theory. I'm ready for it. What stone does Doctor Strange have, Alex? (laughs) The time stone. The time stone. What are they doing in this show? Moving through decades. Who can do that? Ah. Doc. So you think... You think Doctor Strange is the the puppeteer of it all? Could be. Maybe he's trying to help him out of help Wanda out of the reality thing. I don't know. I just want Doc to be involved here. Yeah, if my boy Benny Cumberbatch was involved. <laughs> <laughs> all right, AB, I think that's all we've got. Yeah, I think we did a really, like, we did a good job keeping this short. You know, we have a, a really t- good tendency to be long-winded. I think we're at hour seven right now. So that's pretty good for us. That's, not, that's pretty good. What do you have to plug for us? You're the CEO. You got some of the plug. Well, yeah, I've got the Alex and Dylan basketball power hour. Um, so I know this is a movie podcast, but we at the Alex and Dylan basketball power hour, what we do, if you're a basketball, if you're an NBA fan, I should say, we take three teams every week and we watch exclusively those three teams. We don't get around to every game. Cause let's face it. I don't want to watch the nets blow out the jazz. Right. No. I, I just don't want to watch that. But we'll watch the close games and we'll determine like we'll perform our analysis and we'll see, you know, 
who's performing well, who's performing not well. We get really deep into role players. Like if you like Bruce Brown analysis, you've come to the right place. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm being serious. We did talk a lot about Bruce Brown. Um, and this week we're, we, I didn't announce it on mine and Dylan's podcast. I just wrote it in the show notes. We're covering the Hawks, the Spurs, and your beloved New York Knicks. Oh, they, oh. <laughs> we we chose the Knicks. So one of our premises of the pod is that we choose a shitty team every week, right? And we chose the Knicks because we take them every week. Well, we already watched three Knicks games last week. <laughs> we watched them play. All they played all three of our teams. They played in like consecutive nights too. They played the Nuggets. They played the Hornets, and they played the Thunder. <laughs> So we were just like, well, let's get the Knicks out of the way since we've already watched, we'll watch six games of them in two weeks. But yeah, that's a really fun episode. Um, Zach, I know you've been on the last couple of insanities and those have been a lot of fun. Been on those. I think we're back tomorrow. I hope so. After these playoff games. Uh, That's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And then we've got the battleground Tuesday night. Yeah, baby. Surely talking about the Harden trade and then these playoff games that have been going on this weekend. So that'll be good. Hopefully, Hopefully we ha- Ryan Gregory will be joining us. The, I would say Ryan Gregory is the nemesis of the Battleground podcast. Is this a, is this a fair <laughs> thing to say? It's definitely the rival. He's, 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 he's the rival of the Battleground. Wrestling heel, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that's probably a fair way to put it. <laughs> Triple option pass. <laughs> they should be back soon. Um, I'm trying to think. What else What else did I not touch? I think, well, we're on Circle City Cinema. So we're going to be that. back here. We're going to be back here doing this as much as we can. Um, and then go check out Partners in Crime, Zach's podcast. Yeah, baby. Uh, Billy just told me uh, our new episode dropped today. Yeah, I saw that in my feed. I can't wait to listen. Jimmy the Chin Gigante, interesting character. <laughs> you guys, I thought one of like just real talk. One of the things you guys did really well was you know connecting all the worlds, like all the gangsters that you guys talked about MC. in that last episode. I don't remember who you did before this one, but the last episode you guys did where you like the guy basically interacted with everyone that you guys had done an episode on before. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was I thought you guys did a really good job. MCU um, connectivity, baby. Yeah, I know. It exactly, you know, except with <laughs> except with <laughs> except with the Lucchese family. Yeah, no, no, not them. <laughs> the Lucchese family universe. <laughs> <laughs> um what what other the Gambino family? Gambinos, the Genovese. Uh, Vino Genovese. Yeah. We well, got uh, facts and stats with JD Hall as well. Yeah, that's that's a, those are great podcasts. Um, JD's great. I'm gonna see if I, if I can't add him to the network because might as, might as well just make it official, right? Just like offshoot, make it. Um, and then what else? Oh yeah, Dylan Hughes book. I actually remember the name this time. Yes. From one young soul to another, and because I threaten violence on the end of the Alex and Dylan basketball power hours. I figure I might as well just threaten violence. You edited the book, by the way. So, you know, we you threaten know violence on cinema all the time. Listen, all the time. Listen, okay. Zach, this is what, I, this is what I'm going to do. Okay. I am going to come to your house. I'm going to knock on your door. I will throw an egg in your face. If you do not buy Dylan uses book, I will one singular egg. You'll open the door. Blow. <laughs> 
right? This is what this is what'll happen if you don't buy from one young soul to another. I'm telling you, I, it's not a it's not a threat. It's a promise. So you go buy his book. To buy it. I have, it's like five dollars. I have read it. You need you need to buy it. There's there's it's five dollars, Zach. I've read it many times actually. You go to like what? What can you get for five dollars? That's that's not you can get a lot of stuff for five dollars. That's not as good as Dylan's book. So <laughs> buy the goddamn book, goddamn it. Buy the book. Buy the book, please. Uh, I think cinema will be back hopefully this week. We're going to start our favorite movie series and Caleb Lynn will be on talking about coming to America. Hey, (laughs) Oh, speaking of coming to America, we're recording this on James Earl Jones's 90th birthday. Hey, happy birthday, Vader. And Vader, um, I don't remember the name of the character in coming to America because I haven't seen that in a while, but he was in coming to America. He was the king. He's in Field of Dreams. He's in all kinds of stuff. He's like probably had one of the other than Samuel L. Jackson, maybe one of the best movie careers ever. It's it's up there. I mean, Darth Vader alone mm-hmm. is enough. Yeah, just a truly iconic man. Um, happy 90th birthday. Hope you live 10 more. And I mean, if you, I, I'm not going to say anything else, but you know, happy like really thankful for all the contributions he's made to pop culture. Thanks to James Earl Jones. Thanks to you, AB, for coming on. We're going to make this a thing on Mondays, yeah. hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. You know, hopefully schedules don't pop up, but I think Sundays will be a great day to record. And we might do... I think this is going to be a great pod, especially with how the show plays out. Next episode of WandaVision coming out this Friday. Check it out. And as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.